A baby was born to the parish this week, and several more are due this spring and summer, as you can see by the lengthening list of expectant parents in our prayers. One of the most cherished moments of parish life is the opportunity to pray with a family in the first hours after a baby's birth, as we did this week with little Maxwell, to take a turn at holding him, to feel his body curl into ours with that tiny heft of absolute vulnerability. At just such a time, the church prays. O God, you have taught us through your blessed Son that whoever receives a little child in the name of Christ receives Christ himself. We give you thanks for the blessing you have bestowed upon us in giving this family a child, confirm their joy by a lively sense of your presence with them, and give them patient wisdom as they seek to bring this child to love all that is true and noble, just and pure, lovable and gracious, excellent and admirable, following the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as it was this week, the room is so often charged with the spirit of wonder and gratitude and love of parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends who all recognize a miracle in their midst and who are dumbfounded by joy and united in commitment to help this child become all he is meant to be. If only every child could be born into such a room. If only every child had those to mirror as Simeon and Anna did for Jesus, the miraculous nature within each one, recognizing the divine gift and unique potentiality of every child. If only every child had the security, affection, and opportunity to become as fully alive as Jesus did, and as Maxwell surely will. Jesus grew up with an identity shaped by family, community, faith, by the place and times in which he lived. Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph continued to return with Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem every year, every year, where by age 12 he was found sitting among the teachers and listening to them and asking questions, amazing all who heard him. Precocious, certainly. Even so, he continued to attend synagogue another 20 years before he began his public ministry. Rooted and grounded in cultural and religious tradition, in teaching and in practice, with the loving support of family and community, Jesus eventually moved out into the broader world rubbing elbows with others who would challenge and enlarge that identity. How Jesus perceived himself, how he perceived others, and how others perceived him grew and developed and changed throughout his life and beyond. And so it is for us. In the vocabulary of the church, we call this conversion of life. 
Conversion isn't a one-time event like turning 21. It's an ongoing, lifelong process of change, of becoming more and more fully alive. It relies on the God-given impulse and freedom to become the person God has given us to be, to turn away from old habits and actions and turn around in a new direction. And it begins, it begins as it did for Jesus with a sense of belonging, belonging to family, to friends, to community, to God, to place, and to times in which we live. This security of belonging gives us the grounding from which we can begin to move about, exploring our place in the larger world. If only every child had such a sure and firm place to stand in safety and confidence as they move into the lives set before them. Because that's how we're formed in relationship to others. What we're being asked to understand is that that relationship goes well beyond parents, family, friends, and church. The, the web of kinship that Jesus calls us to ultimately includes everyone around us, not only our children, but all children, all persons. And recognizing that is not always easy. The prayer we prayed over Maxwell this week and over every child born to us does not, as you noticed, include Simeon's warning to Mary that as she follows her commitment to help her child grow, a sword will pierce her own soul. Evan explained in his blog this week that the scriptural image of piercing sword is not so much about Mary's sorrow as it is about her having to make a discriminating decision. Likely between being Jesus' mother and being Jesus' disciple. It's an unsettling choice that if we're paying attention, we are all called to make. The baby Maxwell's grandmother, Anne, knows something of that choice. Even as she was busy preparing to welcome her first grandchild, her heart was simultaneously pierced by the plight of immigrant and refugee families in our own community, especially following the workplace immigration raid last summer in Mississippi, which left hundreds of children without parents at home. The prospect of children having nowhere to go and no one to turn to should a raid occur anywhere near us left and shaken, unsettled, and motivated to do something. But she was not alone in that. And together with, really, a great number of you, the sanctuary movement at St. Paul's connected with other community leaders to prepare to shelter children whose parents may be removed in just such a raid, to provide a safe place, meals, clothing, nurture, and consolation during the days it may take to find other family or, or safe haven. 
Thankfully, it is most unlikely that we should ever be called upon in this way. But should it come to pass, may we have the impulse and courage like Simeon and Anna to greet and bless and bear witness to the presence of God in these most vulnerable. May our own souls be pierced and our own hearts convicted, not only that every child may grow in wisdom and stature as Jesus did, but that, but that through our very efforts, we as a community may also grow into the fullness of the body of Christ that we have been given to be. Within hours of Maxwell's birth, the deliberate, compassionate, and thoughtful labor of the sanctuary ministry gave birth to a set of policies and procedures that would support us should we ever need to respond to such a crisis. And among their preparations, they have developed a form to be filled out by each child as he or she arrives so that we might know a little something about them and perhaps better care for them. Things like whether they have siblings with them, food allergies or health concerns, whether they know the names or numbers or would even recognize the faces of family who might come for them. Reading through the very simple form, as if in the company of a child. I couldn't help but hear the prayerful refrain of the church threading through it like a needle at once piercing and stitching all things together. The form begins. Welcome to St. Paul's. You are welcome in this place of safety, here in God's house. We will take good care of you while you are with us. We give you thanks for the blessing you have bestowed upon us in giving us this child. We are working with your teachers and school to make sure you rejoin your family members or, or someone your parents trust to take care of you. Confirm in us a lively sense of your presence with us and give us calm strength and patient wisdom as we seek to bring this child to love all that is true and noble, just and pure. We need a little information from you. If you don't know all the answers, that's okay. If you can't write, then you can tell one of us and we will write down your answers. Oh God, you have taught us that whoever receives a little child in the name of Christ receives Christ himself. And so when all is said and done, may we one day raise our voices with Anna and Simeon, praising God as witnesses of God's saving grace, and come to know for ourselves the peace that comes from that. Amen. Oh,